Apple made a surprise announcement this week, one that sent shockwaves around the tech world and even dragged down global markets. For the first time in almost two decades, the company said it was cutting its revenue outlook, setting up a debate on the future of the president's trade war with China and the future of Apple CEO Tim Cook. This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today from Los Angeles is Bloomberg's Apple reporter, Mark Gurman. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Crazy day. Crazy day. So break it down for us. What was Apple's surprise announcement this week? So on Wednesday, Tim Cook put out a letter to investors indicating that for the first time in about 18, 19 years, the company will miss significantly its, its revenue forecast for the upcoming quarter. And this upcoming quarter just so happens to be the most important quarter of the year, the holiday quarter, where they were originally expected to report year-over-year growth. That's no longer going to be the case. And how much was that correction? It was a very significant correction. So on November 1st, 2018, they said for Q1 they would report between $89 billion and $93 billion in revenue for that holiday quarter. Now they're saying it's going to be around $84 billion. So any way you look at it, that is a extreme correction. We're not talking $1 billion. We're talking you know, multiples of that between 5 and $10 billion. It's fairly unprecedented. So you cover Apple inside and out. Why was this such a shocking announcement to everyone? It was shocking because it's really never happened before, certainly in the modern era. The last time it happened was about two decades ago. And back then we were talking about, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars. Now Mm -hmm. we're talking about billions of dollars. We haven't really seen Apple take such a hit like they did yesterday. It sort of came not out of left field, because I believe we were expecting it, given all the cutbacks we were seeing from the supply chain, we were hearing from concerned uh, employees internally, but for Apple to really come out and, and confirm this, it was sort of unbelievable. We thought that they would be able to brush this off, but clearly not the case. The news sent Apple stocks and global markets into a retreat Thursday. Why does Apple have such an impact on stocks like it does? Primarily because of how big their, their market cap is, right? They influence so many different partners, so many different industries, sort of the way they go, they, the industry goes, right? Amazon has followed Apple's lead in, in products before. Remember when Amazon came out with the phone after the popularity of the iPhone, uh, Google as well, Microsoft with their hardware division now. They basically are a bellwether for the economy, both in terms of how many people buy their products, use their products, subscribe to their products, but also what everyone else is doing around them. Now, if they are such a a leader in the tech sector, are they also a kind of a canary in the coal mine right now? You know, absolutely. They are definitely a canary in the coal mine. Now, uh, this also is happening um, during the, the, the U.S.'s trade war with China. How much did that impact this possible 5 to $10 billion reversal you were talking about? Right. The optics are not very good. Um, to be fair, they, that is what they are pointing to, right? They mentioned the trade war specifically, the concerns over impending tariffs. But I think it's deeper than that. I really think this comes down to pricing. We know this is specific to China. We have a story out Thursday showing that the iPhone 10s and 10s Max and even the 10R, those are, you know, perhaps you know, 200% to 300% to 400% more expensive than competing devices from Chinese phone makers. And that's what the real problem is. I don't really know if consumers in China are refusing to buy products because they're from a U.S.-based company, right? But I do know that the pricing is way off, and the, the prices of the latest iPhones are, you know, into the stratosphere for many people. I saw one stat today um, that the salary, the average monthly white-collar salary in China uh, is less than the price of, of a 
new iPhone by about 2,000 RMB, their, their local currency. So there's a significant difference between how much people are making in China and how much the iPhone is costing. Uh, for most people, it really is overpriced. Mark, so clearly China is a major market, but what about here in the U.S.? Because I know that over the holidays you could go into an Apple store, you could maybe trade in an iPhone 7 for one of those newer phones uh, for about $300 less. So is it the consumer's habits that are changing that's also impacting Apple? Right. Consumer habits might be changing a bit, but what we're seeing are consumers really going for the new devices, the new look devices. We saw sort of a super cycle when the iPhone 10 came out in 2017. We saw a lot of people uh, really find the iPhone 6 and the 6 Plus appealing, the iPhone 5 before that, the 4 before that, and the 3G before that way back in 2008. The problem is the 10s and 10s Max are not wholly new devices. They're not a huge upgrade over last year's devices. So what we're seeing is a year where Apple didn't really move the bar very forward in terms of new iPhone technologies at the same time of having all these economic headwinds. And what does this all say about then um, the leadership and the management of Apple CEO Tim Cook? Um, basically, it shows that they need to adjust to the modern, uh, the, the modern technology landscape where you have this current economy. You have these Chinese phone makers like OnePlus and others really hiking up their technology and really coming in with advanced specs. We see Samsung coming out with 5G phones across this year, being about a year ahead of Apple. Uh, right now in terms of that networking technology. So Apple really needs to step up its game, both in terms of technology and by lowering prices. So their strategy has to been just keep raising prices and people are going to keep buying phones. That's been their recent strategy, but that's not really working right now if the technology is going to be slightly behind and the price can be coming out of reach for for many people. I mean, we're talking about $1,000 as the entry-level pricing, not the high-end pricing anymore, the entry-level pricing. Mm-hmm. That's a significant increase. And you see them raising prices across the board. The MacBook Air is more expensive than before now. The Mac Mini is $300 more than its predecessor. Uh, they increased the price of the iPad by about $150, these new iPad Pro models. The Apple Watch is much more expensive than it was before on the low-end models as well in terms of the newest generation that they added capabilities like cellular and such. So we're seeing general price hikes across the board, and that's one of the big reasons why they stopped reporting unit sales. They don't want to show year-over-year declines. It's a marketing and PR-driven company, and they don't want to show that. So instead, they're going to show the revenue growth. Look at it this way. If Apple continues to sell the same amount of devices every year, but they raise the prices slightly every year, the revenues are still going to grow even if they're selling fewer units or they're selling the same amount of units, right? And they they just want to show the numbers that are positive. So considering all of that and considering that the iPhone has been the flagship product since Cook took over after Steve Jobs' death in 2011, are there calls for Cook to change that once reliable strategy? There has to be, right? The iPhone, you know, everyone talks about the iPhone makes up two-thirds of Apple sales, and that's not good to put so many eggs in one basket. But what some people are forgetting is that, okay, that's that two-thirds. That's just from the phone itself. But what about the, the that other third? What does that come from? Well, it comes from accessories that are attached and exclusive to the iPhone, like cases, the AirPods mm-hmm. that everyone's talking about now, the Apple Watch, the HomePod. Those are all required. You don't, you don't buy one of those if you don't have an iPhone. It doesn't work with anything else, right? Um, a Mac. 
Mac, if you have a Mac, you're buying a Mac because you have an iPhone. You're buying an iPhone because you have a Mac. The iPad syncs with the iPhone as well. All the services that everyone doesn't stop talking about right now, in terms of Apple Music, the App Store, iCloud storage upgrades, well, why do you buy those? Because you have an iPhone. So the iPhone isn't really two-thirds of the company's revenue. I would say it's about 90 to 95% of the company's revenue when you think about uh, all the all the other things that they sell that they're directly attached to the iPhone in some respects. So that's what the problem is. They need to start releasing devices that are standalone. They have a few, the iPad in a sense, the Mac in a sense could be completely standalone, but those aren't breakthrough high volume products anymore. What are breakthrough high volume products for the future? An Apple Watch that doesn't require an iPhone, it's a standalone device that can make calls and operate on its own with proper smartphone like battery life. That's one direction they can go. The self-driving car market is another direction mm-hmm. they can go. The the drone video camera market is another place they can go. They just have fewer devices that are are, are reliant upon themselves. Remember the iPod, right? Nobody needs an iPod anymore because it's all integrated into the other devices, but that was an example of a key standalone device. They need other hits like that. Perhaps the AR glasses will be the next one. And are they pumping in money into their R&D departments to find that next big thing? You know, according to their, their balance sheets, they're pouring more and more, I believe, the less that I saw was they pumped in $35 billion in R&D between 2016 and 2018, which is, you know, it's a good chunk of change. And what's really come out of that, we haven't seen yet. So despite this week's news, Apple is a well-managed and a very profitable company. So is a turnaround inevitable or is there reason to actually be concerned? If anyone could turn around, it's Apple. And, you know, I'm optimistic that they will is something they need to prove is a blip on the radar rather than a new thing going forward. They need to prove that this is not a long-term problem, and I think they will. Will it take time? Yes, because it feels like this sort of took them by surprise a little bit. This feels like something they only, you know, realized was happening in the last month or two, right? They always were so used to winning, they sort of ignored the possibility of losing, I think. And it's going to take them maybe one, two, three years to sort of turn this around because of how long it takes for products to to be developed in the pipeline. They are going to need new products. They are going to need new directions. They are going to need new strategies, and that takes time to implement. Don't forget, the next iPhone is not coming out until nine months from now in September. Right, and I don't even think it's going to be that big of an upgrade, anyways. So they're going to have to. It's going to take some time because you can't just change course on an iPhone design nine months before it comes out. These things are already nearing production and, and final testing. So I think 2020 is going to be the year of the turnaround. Mark, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Make sure to follow Mark and his reporting on Twitter. He's at Mark Kerman. That's a TikTok for today. Thanks for listening. Please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.